and welcome back to For the Love of History. I am Donna with my fabulous co-host, Randy, and we are coming to you from the swamps of Jersey. Now, we have a a co-host this afternoon. Please meet superfan Jason Huddleston from Ireland. Welcome, Jason. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you very much. So where did you grow up? And where in Ireland do you live now? I grew up in Belfast, Northern Ireland. Um, and to reference uh, the boss, uh, I currently live 10 minutes from my hometown, just outside Belfast. Cool. Very cool. I just Very- have to I have to interject and say I absolutely adore and love your accent. So, yes, love it. I know you said well, what what accent, right? <laughs> um, how and when did you become a Bruce fan, Jason? It's quite interesting because uh, it probably feeds into some of the questions they'll ask me about songs and, and I've listened to all your podcasts and I appreciate you having me on. Um, oh, thank you. It's quite interesting <laughs> that um, the first time I actually heard a Bruce song was on a videotape uh, of the No Nukes concert and it was The River. And in 1984, I think it was, 83, I think it was released, my parents showed me it on... Uh, a video um, back in the old days before YouTube and all those type of things. And I was fascinated by the fact that he was saying, this is a song of my brother-in-law and my sister. Obviously, it was before the river came out. And um, I thought, who is this guy? And after that, which obviously we'll discuss, but then Dancing in the Dark and, and all that come afterwards. But that was the initial impact for me. I thought, who is, who is this person? You know, he's talking about his family and he's talking about his life and he's talking about his sister and he's talking about his brother-in-law. And he's standing in a blue jacket on stage, somewhere I never had never been, seen or heard. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is uh, this is something special. So the river was the first sort of impact to me, um, and then obviously it exploded after that. So the river is the album that got you hooked as a one of us, a crazy Bruce fan. <laughs> um, no, actually. Uh, oh. <laughs> the, the, no, the, the Born USA album became the album because oh. after I, I saw the No Nukes footage, I think on the No Nukes videotape, you had Thunder Road, uh, The River, and another song I can't remember. But once I heard that, I thought, who is this? So I then went and bought with my own money in 1984, 85, uh, the vinyl LP. And I was, t- uh, I was born in 1972, so I was about 12 years of age, 13. And I bought Born USA. And as you probably remember, because you're ladies of a certain age, that we used to listen. <laughs> we we used to listen to vinyl, and we used to read the lyrics with our headphones on. Yes, of course. So yes. that's that's how it started to happen then, um, and then obviously the journey began. Huh. Gotcha. Okay. So if you've listened to all our episodes, Jason, then you know that we always ask everybody what their favorite song is, and we talk about the fact that it changes from time to time. And, you know, sometimes you have a favorite song forever and sometimes it changes every week. So what's your favorite song right at this moment? That's quite a good question because <laughs> uh, at lunchtime, I actually watched the whole of Western Stars, the, the DVD. I went old school mm-hmm. and uh, watched the whole of Western Stars. And uh, this this afternoon, uh, Stones was my favorite song. Yeah. And I do believe that um, certainly with, with Bruce, that you it sort of depends on your mood and what you're doing and how your work day's going and how your morning's going and your evening's going or 
you know, things like that. So uh, Stones this afternoon and Moonlight Motel uh, really got me because I haven't watched the DVD in quite a long time. So uh, that really hit me. So I thought, okay, I'll I'll prep for for this evening, but I'll obviously listen to happier songs later on when we finish this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Totally understood. Absolutely. So um, I'm assuming you've seen him live. I have once or twice, indeed. I have. Yeah. Just once or twice. Uh, probably nearly twenty times. Okay. <laughs> and and. Where have you seen him other than, I mean, I assume you've seen him in Ireland, but have you seen him outside of like great, you know, greater Great Britain? I, I did. And probably it feeds into one of your questions in relation to uh, some of the live stuff. I went to Norway in oh. um, Oslo oh, to nice. see him in 2016 in the River Tour. Uh-huh. And it was really impactful for, for a variety of reasons. The setting was beautiful. And he played in the stadium a couple of weeks beforehand. And then he's played in like a park. It's called Frogner Parking. And he, he spoke for, and I just read the book. Um, so he spoke about his dad before Independence Day for about five or 10 minutes. Uh-huh. And the whole thing's on YouTube. And uh, basically you get to hear a pin drop in front of thousands of people. And I thought, you know, it's not a song I really like, but when he put it into context, I really, really enjoyed it. So that was quite an impact of, uh, outside of Ireland gig, because obviously in Ireland, um, which Bruce really likes to come and play, like Italy and the and, uh, United States, it was different. It was slightly unique. It was a different um, ambience about the gig, uh, which I really enjoyed. Cool. So would you say that was your favorite concert memory? No. Um, well, no. I would say my favorite concert memory was probably um, one of the Dublin gigs he played in the what is called the RDS uh, arena. It's he goes there regularly with his daughter for show jumping. It's a show jumping arena in Dublin uh, before Jessica became an Olympian. Congratulations! <laughs> and so uh, the RDS usually in the summertime um, is is a special sort of those gigs uh, are quite special. Hmm. Cool. So now, Jason, if you were making a song list for the night for Bruce and the band. What would be your opening song and your closing song? I've thought long and hard over this. Um, <laughs> all week I've been listening to Bruce. I've been thinking, but uh, referencing the Norway gig, he opened with Meet Me in the City, which I thought was absolutely stunning. Um, and quite honestly, uh, if he finished with Jungle Land, I would be happy with that. I would walk away very happy. You know, it's funny. Somebody else, one of our other guests said, meet me in the city. I think that's, it's it's not something I would choose, but it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, I love the song, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, do you have a favorite opening line of a song? <laughs> this is impossible uh, to yes. answer. But again, it's, you know, it depends on your mood. It depends on your day. I actually was out for lunch with my mother on Tuesday and I asked her all these questions and she said, well, at the end of the day, it has to be something off Born to Run. It has to be, you know. And I said, well, I can't say that. That sounds like a cliche. And she says, no. <laughs> she said, go back and listen to Born to Run, the original, no YouTube, no live, and, and listen to the opening lines of Born to Run because it makes you want to go somewhere. And Yeah, she's right, actually. And probably if I was been honest with myself when I first heard Border on I thought my goodness yeah that would probably be the opening line hmm. okay I like, I like your mom she's she goes old school I like that 
Yeah, and she's met Nels Lofgren. Oh, she's yeah? Nels and Dave as well. So, yeah, she's met them more than I have. So Nice. Interesting. So were you able to get to the States and see the, um, the Broadway show? No, I missed the first run and the second one because of COVID uh, and, yeah. and the restrictions. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't. However, I have watched Netflix. Um, it took me about four watches to watch it the whole way through, to be honest. But um, I probably watched it about 25 times, but uh, wow. probably twice the whole way through. So, yeah, I mean, it was something that I'd love to have been uh, part of and seen. But unfortunately, I couldn't go. Well, it, it was it was really awesome, but I think the Netflix special did a really good job in capturing it. So I think you kind of got to see it in a way. Okay. I agree. Yeah. I agree completely. Yeah. Um, what was the first Bruce song you remember hearing, or do you not remember? Well, that was the one I was saying when I saw the new new Nukes concert. Okay. Um, before the river came out, I heard that song and I thought. But to be honest with you, the song that I really get into, and I know one of you uh, ladies don't particularly like it, but I <laughs> I first get into this song, I get into Dancing in the Dark. And the interesting story about that song is that I thought it was a pop song and, you know, all that, and we know um, the video, and we've seen it all. But at my brother's wedding in 2016, uh, he asked for all of us to put a playlist on. So I put Dancing in the Dark on and my brother's bit of a songwriter and stuff. And he said, you know, Jason, that song's quite a dark song if you actually read the lyrics. And I was like, no, I was trying to celebrate your day and your wedding. He says, no, it's a really dark song. But it's uh, the facade is the pop music around it. Mm -hmm. And I actually went back and listened to it and went, do you know what? He was right. So Dancing in the Dark was kind of the big one that took me into reading the, the uh, lyrics of uh, Born USA with your headphones on at 10 o'clock at night and your parents having a snooze on the, the sofa and uh, you know, <laughs> learn where the downbound train was and where my hometown was and all those things. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So what Bruce song have you never heard but would like to? There's only one song I've never, and I've seen him many times, as I said, I've never heard something in the night. Huh. And I've always wanted to hear it. Um, it's something that just reminds me of, I lived in New Brunswick and used to go to Belmar the weekends down in Stone Pony in Isby Park. And one of my friends that I live with, who uh, lives in America, is an American citizen, he did not like Bruce. And I was like, no, 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 I have to go down, I have to go down. But the thing, the thing about Bruce for me was when I was in school, I was in the bands like Metallica, Guns N' Roses, Bon Jovi, all those sort of, you know, 80s type things. I thought that Bruce was music of my parents so it was kind of like my guilty secret. So I didn't tell anyone for about 10 years that I was in the Bruce Springsteen. Huh. And then when I got older, I went, ah, now I can tell people. It was kind of like a, almost, a, there's a slight shame in a way because it was my parents' music. But when I got oh. older and realized, then I realized what, what was going on, you know? So that's the way it happened. I think it has so much to do with like how you grow up because my daughter is 22 and she's she's probably a bigger fan than I am at this point. And that's yeah. strictly because she she didn't really have a choice. She grew up listening to it <laughs> and she just, you know, and unfortunately she likes it. But but I yeah. do think, you know, how you grow up, you know, for younger generations determines whether or not you're going to become a big fan based on your parents and older siblings and people who influence yeah. your musical taste, you know. Absolutely. I mean, my parents were born in 1950, so they were 60s uh, generation Beatles and Stones right. and what 
Reapers and, you know, all that. And then obviously quite current in relation to music and listening to modern stuff. But um, when they introduced me to it, I thought, right, okay, I need to go there. I need to find out where Darlington County is. I need to find out, you know, these places. And when I finally got to New Jersey, I was thinking, okay, I understand because it looked like a video. It looked like a place that, that he was talking about. And I'm not saying I could relate to it coming from Ireland, but what I could relate to was it came from a working class background, as did Bruce. And I went, right, I don't have much dollars in my pocket, but I'm going to work hard, to, to, you know, live in America and, and do the right thing and all those good things. Huh. That's interesting. So how long did you live here? I first lived in... Um, I lived in Chicago in 1993. I was 21 years of age and I flew into New York and I hated Manhattan. I was terrified by it. I lived, I was in Columbia for one night and I thought, my goodness, it was just too much. Um, I took a Greyhound bus to Nashville and, and then for a week uh, in a sales conference selling books door to door, you know, as a student. And I went to Chicago and I thought it was lovely because my great aunt and great uncle had lived in Chicago for 30 years and I thought, oh, this is lovely. This is a nice place. Went to blues bars, did all that. But I always had this thing that I had to get back to. I had to see New Jersey because Bruce Springsteen really started speaking to me in the 1990s. And I went back in 95 and I lived there for five months. Um, I, I bought kids at a soccer camp and um, say at the weekends, we're down to Belmar and, and we're down to Stone Pony by myself, hoping that Bruce would turn up, which he didn't do, unfortunately. But the sound in the bars was just exactly like the, the Jersey sound, which to this day I've always... You know, I continue to listen to you and, and uh, continue to appreciate. Huh. Nice. So speaking of uh, looking for Bruce, if you did get to meet Bruce, what would you say to him? The obvious answer is thanks for everything. You know, you've, you've formed and shaped and um, also infused my soul with so much meaning and uh, uh, you know, expression. But I, I've thought about this during the week. And I've thought about a question. If I had a, an evening with Bruce over a glass of Guinness or wine or whatever in Dublin, and we had a conversation, I've always wanted to ask him, "What would, how would your life change if you had a brother? Huh. Because his life, uh, from, from my understanding in relation to YouTube and social media, you know, his mother had a massive influence in his life, as was my mother and mine and the father. But... We all know the story about his dad, and, and I'm not criticising the man, but what I would say is that he, you know, he had two sisters, his two aunts, um, which he did the presentation on the side with. I, I'm often, often interested if he had an older brother, would things have changed? And how would that have, have uh, affected him in a way that, you know, he didn't have to go out by himself as opposed to being, um, you know, without that father figure? Wow. That's a really interesting perspective of looking at him. Yeah. Um, it, it would be very, his relationship with his father would have been very different. His music would have been very different. His, yeah. we may not have the same music. We may not have music. That's true. Yeah. Well, I do think, you know, I was thinking about this today at length and I thought to myself, you know, I, I do think, it's like, I mean, I've met Richard Sambor and John Bon Jovi. Those guys were always destined to do something. And I was talking today to a friend of mine uh, about if Bruce hadn't been Bruce Springsteen, he would have been an artist or a poet. He would have done something because the creativity in him, right. yeah. something that, that was always going to come out in some capacity. But I've always been intrigued and I've read the book um, uh, and, and, and all the things that go with it. But I've always thought, well, if you had a, if you had a brother, 
how would he how would he reference that in his life? And you know, because obviously he's spoken a lot about his dad and stuff and the songs, uh, especially in Broadway and things like that. So that that was something that always intrigued me. Hmm. That is really interesting. So, Jason, what is your favorite Bruce song to drive to? What okay. song makes you put down the windows and just <laughs> go? I'm going to surprise you with this one because I listened to it. I, I'm, I'm getting old, so I have a bath now. <laughs> in the right? So I had a bath earlier on, and um, I haven't done that since I was a young lad back in back <laughs> day. Um, so <laughs> what I listened to, and I've, th- I've thought about this, and I've loads and loads of Bruce songs and experiences, and driving down New Jersey Turnpike, listening to Bruce, and going to Jan Stadium to see Bon Jovi in 2006, and meeting Richie Sambora, and all that, all that great stuff. But do you know what hit me the, uh, this afternoon when I was having my bath, which is a horrible thought for a few ladies? Um, <laughs> um, Radio Nowhere. What was that? Radio Nowhere. Radio Nowhere. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I like that song. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. A, lot of, a lot of people don't really, not, not too much they don't like it. It's not obvious. But I was listening to it and I thought to myself, do you know what? This makes me want to drive a little bit faster. And I'm, I'm nearly 50, I'm 50 next month, so I kind of drive quite slow. So uh, but it makes me speed up a little bit. I <laughs> like that. Yeah, I, I'm not opposed to that. Yeah. Okay. It's, not, it's not that much of a surprise. Um, along the same lines, what song should play every time you walk into the room? Well, that's a difficult one um, because, again, it depends on your mood, depends on the day you're having. Sometimes um, in the in the evening, for example, it would be racing in the street. Uh-huh. Other times in the morning, it might be uh, girls in the summer clothes. <laughs> okay. You know, I've never been married, by the way, so um, I don't really know. Uh, I've always lived by myself. And by the way, I have a dog. It's called Bruce. Aww. Oh, I love that. That's cute. So, so basically, it's me and the dog. So it kind of depends what time he decides to get up in the morning. It depends what Bruce song I listen to that day and depends what mood he's in. But I think now he's totally educated in the ways of the harmonica and uh, and Bruce Springsteen. Very cool. I love that. You know, um, just to kind of ad lib for a moment, but I was thinking while you were talking I know that you obviously know that Bruce is half Irish. And do you think there's a certain amount of pride that the Irish people take in kind of having like, you know, quote unquote, a piece of him, like half of his his lineage is from Ireland? That's a very good point. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a very quick example. If you if you indulge me slightly. Sure. I remember uh, years ago, Metallica were playing in somewhere in America and the guitarist Kirk Hammett was playing a, you know, a Phil solo while James Hatfield went and got it different guitar and some of the crowd were like oh my god this is amazing when they played in Ireland there was people in the front row going could you hurry up and get back to the music and I think that's what it is and uh, certainly uh, within Ireland people there is an aspect in listening to this Irishness but he seems to like he's obviously Italian lineage as well he seems to like the fact that if you fall down on stage in Ireland and you get back up and get on with it we'll pat you in the back um, whereas maybe other places, you know, maybe in Europe or whatever, I know the Spanish fans are very, very passionate, the Italian fans, but I do think there is a link with the Irish connection because I know, and I won't name where he goes for a pint of Guinness after gigs, but he goes to a couple of bars in Dublin and I know where he stays in Dublin and he kind of, 
he integrates himself for, for several days when he gets there because obviously him and Patty have that connection. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I just, I like it just popped into my head because I was thinking there's got to be that kind of pride, you know, that's it, the way that yeah. the way that Jersey people take pride, you know? I, ex- I was just going to say he's ours phys- because of his physical location, but he is yours for his ancestry, his ancestry. Exactly. So, absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. And you know, when he when he comes here, it's uh, it's kind of a national holiday for us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll tell you a good story. I went to see him. Um, I think it was two thousand eight, two thousand nine. He's playing the the RDS, Royal Dublin uh, Showgrounds, and there's a great pub opposite called Paddy Cullen. So I went the first night. Absolutely amazing. I was exhausted after three and a half hours. And the next day, my friend said to me, "Come on, go down to Paddy Cullen's pub because." The atmosphere, you know, everyone's outside the bar, they're playing uh, Bruce Springsteen music. And about half seven, the gig was about to start at eight o'clock, my mate says, we won't get tickets. And the tickets are quite expensive. And this guy comes to me and he says, look, I have two tickets here. We'll do it for half price. I says, yeah, no problem. And I went the second night and I learned a very valuable lesson. And I've learned this through all the gigs I've been to all around the world. Night two is always better than night one. For the simple reason that the artist, i.e. Bruce, will change the set list and you will get a few surprises. And when I when I got into the gig that night, he, he changed the set list by about eleven songs. And I thought, I didn't. I knew he had loads of songs, but I didn't realize. My goodness, I, I'm seeing something very special here. And things that he hadn't played in a long time, you know, things like that. Yeah, that's true. That's a good piece of insight. Night two, I'm going to remember that. Mm-hmm. Night two, absolutely. Rather, you have to go to night two. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Well, you'll have to come see him with us in Jersey next time he tours, which hopefully will be someday. <laughs> well, I'm hoping I'm hoping this year. I mean, uh, my dream was to see him at Giant Stadium. I never got to the old Giants. I saw Bon Jovi there and I was six, but I'd love to go to, uh, well, it's a MetLife now, but I saw yeah. the old Giants. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I would love, so I'd, love, <laughs> I'd love to see him in Jersey. And at the end of the day, you know, I know we'll probably never meet him, but, but before we go, I'll tell you the story about my mother meeting uh, Steve Van Zandt. Yeah. Um, the band were staying in the hotel in Dublin before the gig and my mother was staying there with a friend of hers and she went down for dinner and Steve Van Zandt was sitting, sitting with his wife and she recognised him right away but my mother is quite uh, educated when it comes to approaching people like this you don't interrupt you know you take your chance at a certain point you know, and be respectful so we was, he got up from dinner and my mother said Steve is it? my mother's now 71 he goes yes uh and he said, uh, or she said to him, um, I really like your boots. And, huh. and he went, oh, very much. And he said, uh, are you Irish? And my mother said, yes, I am. She says, the first time I saw you, you were a little boy in Slane Castle in 1985. And he says, I remember that gig. It was the biggest gig we'd ever played outside of uh, the United States. Um, we were nervous about the gig because of the crowd and, and all the things that went with it. And she says, well, you have a good show tomorrow. And he said to her, um, do you need tickets? And my mother says, no, no, I'll go to the gig. I'll be in the front row and I'll see you there. Wow. That's that so nice. So cool. That yes. is very shout cool. to your mom. Yeah, shout out to your mama. Well, thank yes. you, Jason, so much for being with us today. It was really fun talking to you. And again, I just love that accent. Yeah. So come come visit us again, both on the show and in person when this this little pandemic of ours is over. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
So that's it for today, my friends. Join us in our Facebook group for the love of E Street. We would love to continue the conversation there. And of course, check out all our episodes of the podcast on whatever platform you stream on. And we are sponsored by Donna J Skincare, an all-natural anti-aging skincare company that believes your skincare should care for the health of your skin. Thank you and bye-bye. <laughs>